Welcome to Chaos and Conversation. It's your boy ML with the as your host and with the co-host. Hello. What's up, baby? Hey man, what's going on? All right, my man Sean Coleman. He's rocking the chop on the Braves today. But we gotta start, my man, this weekend. Big weekend of football. I think you had a really nice high on Saturday. With the show, obviously, it's chaos and conversation. We're going to talk about all the fun stuff. We're going to maybe argue sometimes. But this one, just because it's going to be one of our quicker shows tonight and our, one of our very first uh, videos as well, is we're just talking about our weekends, an impromptu episode, and we're really excited. And what the only place to start is I picked Tennessee in my MMG college football picks, and I feel good about it. I felt good about it the whole day, and they were the ones that came through for me and Sean. Thank you to the Vols. Thank you, sir. Yeah, and it was it was it was a weird game. First off, hello, Michael. Good seeing you again. It was yes, uh, definitely it was great to see um, uh, the, the Vols were, were <laughs> for anybody who didn't catch the game uh, within the first. Let me see here. Ten minutes. Pittsburgh was up ten nothing, and yep. were driving again. They they were at the Tennessee 10, 15 yard line, and and then fifteen twenty yard line. And then uh, Slovis threw an interception. And from that point on, the Vols were able to go on a 24-7 run to end the first half. They struggled mightily in the second half offensively. The, the defense showed out. You know, Pittsburgh's got a you know top 25, top 20 caliber defense, and that, that certainly showed. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it was a great win. Like, and, and there are several layers to it, right? It's – you know, number one, it was the fact that we were able to win as a ranked team versus another ranked team on the road. Um, mm-hmm. We won despite our offense not playing well. Our defense is what stepped up. Overall, we didn't play anywhere near our best. And, and just to be honest with you, you know, Michael, I was um, – we were dating at the time. But one of the best gifts my, my now wife has ever given me is we went to the Florida-Tennessee game the last time we beat Florida back in 2016. That was yes, the same month we beat Georgia. This is the best place the Vols program has been in since 2016. And that's the other wow. thing to stand for. So it's, a, it's nice to see. It's nice to see. But the thing about it is this. It's also nice to be 2-0 and when through the first two weeks of the college football season, there's been plenty of disappointment. You're oh clearly seeing that overall there's there's not a lot of separation from the top. A, a lot of just in general football seems down college-wise so far this year. What do you think's happening? Is it because of the portal? Uh, I don't necessarily know if it's because of the portal. I, I just don't know if overall the overall talent level in college football is is that great. Like you, you think that it is. You you think that you know this year, for instance, I think the draft class is supposed to be a bit better than it was in two thousand twenty two. Sure, it, it could be the portal, but I I, I don't know. It, it, or, or is it? Still impacted by the pandemic, in which you know there's uh, changes that have occurred in preparation and things like that. Uh, it could be that you know you have a talent a bit more spread out. To your yeah. point, um, I just I can't really put a finger on it, but I, I also think that just in general, you don't have. Last year, you had Georgia, who clearly was the best team because they had the best side of the ball. They had an historic. An historic side of the ball defensively. You saw that from five first-rounders that mm. were drafted. This year, you don't have a team that is clearly that dominant on any side of the football. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're going to have your normal, you know, your usual um, suspects when it comes to the college football playoffs, You know, your Clemsons and your Bamas and your Georgias and your Ohio States. 
But you could have someone crash the party. I don't necessarily think that it's Tennessee, but there's a chance in a season like this season, you're not going to have an LSU from 2019. You're not going to have a Georgia defense yeah. from last year. I think it's more, much more wide open than you know it is in usual years. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. I just took a little peek at your schedule just because I was like, let's get through Pitt. And then just, let's just take a, a slight peek. Uh, biggest Florida game in two weeks, you think, and, and how long? It, since 2016. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's the last time the balls were, were relevant. But if, if, was if Butch I remember, the coach then in 2016, it, was Butch, it was Butch Jones, yeah. yeah okay. uh, I think that if I got our schedule correct, it's Akron, Georgia, or excuse me, Akron, Florida, LSU. On the road. But a, but a bye before that, which I like. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got Bama. Um, we got Bama, then UT Martin, my alma mater, Kentucky, then Georgia. I think that's how it works. That's out. exactly yeah. right. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, because well, I looked at this earlier, and, and and here's my thoughts, Michael, is that we're two and zero right now. Yes, if sir. we can go four and three through that schedule again, this potentially is you're turning into a better season than 2016. Maybe the best best season we've had in over a decade, and and I think we could do it. I think that we can play with all of these teams. Now, Georgia and Bama may be um, hard to do, but, you know, we saw Florida's quarterback, really Anthony Richardson, yeah. We saw Florida's quarterback definitely not as good coming out of this week as no, he was sir. against football. And I, I just – I do think that we can have it. We're going to ha- – it's going to have to be our offense that, yeah. that does the work. But I, I do think that Tennessee definitely could be looking at 4-0 before we go to LSU in a few weeks. I agree. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Then it becomes like, oh, the Brian Kelly big game. Uh, yet you guys are coming off a bye, but at LSU, Bama, UT Martin, Georgia, that's a stretch. Uh, but yeah. then after that, it's I don't think you're losing the last three games in November, and you just never know. New Year's Six is not out of the question. If you guys get past yeah, no. it comes down to can you get past Ford? That's what it comes down yeah. to, right? Yeah, and I think that if we get past Florida, I think nine and three is realistic. Probably eight and four, you know, to be realistic. But you know, that puts us. I think right now the last bowl projections and you know week two bowl projections are kind of hard to trust. But sure. in the Citrus Bowl, not to quote Steve Spurrier, you can't spell citrus without UT. But Penn State versus Tennessee, Minnesota versus Tennessee. Hey, I'll take it. You know, I'll I'll take a New Year's bowl. No question, no question. And while we're there. Speaking of which, who I think would take a New Year's Bowl right now after losing to Appalachian State, Texas A&M. Too young or just took them for granted? Or Appy State maybe better than we thought? Oh, I, I, Appalachian State is better than we thought. I believe Chase Bryce is their quarterback who, who you yes. know is at Clemson um, you know, a few years back. But the other thing that I'll say to this, Michael, is that I think that stands out is that you've got a lot of these top teams – where is their stars? Like, like where yeah. is their go-to guys? Like Tennessee, for instance, and I know that I'm going to be, you know, that's going to be the team I'm my, the most expert on. I'm not saying they have a Heisman winner, but they do have one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC in Hendon Hooker. You've in got the, your Alabama, in the country. You've got Young, you've got, yeah. you got C.J. Stroud at Ohio State. I think when you have a landscape such as this, it's quarterback play. It's yeah. the teams that are going to have the star, the stud at running back or what have you. 
those type of teams are going to stand out. And I just don't feel watching Texas A&M through their first few games, I don't feel they have a, a true star that stands out. There may be a first-round pick or two on their team eventually, but they just don't have a star. And in this type of environment, I think you have to have that to be able to make it happen. Georgia no point. They don't necessarily have the star power that they had last year, but they're just so loaded with high four guys, their ability to avoid making mistakes is what's going to be their superpower this year. But that's what stands out to me about Texas A&M. Who's the go-to talent? And I don't think it's it's, uh, it's Haynes King, who's their quarterback. I, I don't think that it's him. I think that that's what kind of is hurting them right now. They haven't identified their go-to guys, and it wound up costing them in the end. Yeah, absolutely. There's no spiller on this team, uh, no quarterback to speak of, in my opinion, that separates. And that's why I was kind of confused. I think it was a little early to crown them, and it's because they finished the year incredibly well. Kellen Mann was a fine college quarterback. We never thought yeah. – fine, not excellent, fine, uh, and caught some, obviously, good luck. And it's the one Bama game, you know, when they don't want to play well on the road. And, and by the way, it almost caught them this weekend, uh, as we know. They haven't played a non-conference game away from uh, away from Tuscaloosa since 2011. A true a true road non-conference game. So it almost caught them. A and M doesn't have that. LSU too young, in my opinion. Trying to figure that out. Auburn could lose to Penn State at all at, at, yeah. uh, at Auburn this weekend. Who yeah. knows what's gonna Who knows what's gonna go on down there? And right now it looks like. UK, because once again, there's the star right there, in my opinion, and who we think may be the third uh, third best quarterback coming out, Will Levis, and then and then Hooker's great, and and we know that, so that's why maybe Alabama and maybe Stetson and just company would maybe that's the pecking order right there. There's Georgia, there's Alabama, and then whoever wins the Tennessee UK game. Yeah, and and the thing that I'll say about it is this: is that you know even if Levis is projected to be a top pick, which he is, he wasn't that outstanding in this Florida game. You know, what helped him out was the excellent defensive play by the Kentucky offense. But like I mentioned about Georgia, it teams that you get the feeling that they're just so well coached, they're not going to make a lot of mistakes, they're not going to beat themselves. Those are the type of things that teams that I think can thrive this season. And a team that stands out to me is Arkansas with Mm. Sam Pitt. You could really, I'm not saying they're going to push to be in the playoff. I don't think that they're that good. But you've got a veteran quarterback. Yes, they lost Traylon Burks, but you've got some good defensive talent. You've got some contributors on offense. My point that I'm getting at is they're the type of team that really is not going to beat themselves. They legitimately are the second best team in the SEC West right now. Who thought that you would say that going into this season? Now, that may wind up working itself out as time goes through. But my point is, is that, again, you don't have as many stars this year as you typically feel you do across the football landscape. So what stands out? The teams that hardly beat themselves and also the Mm -hmm. older teams. K.J. Jefferson at quarterback really helps out. So, again, not necessarily saying Arkansas is going to make a playoff push, but they stand out as a team. You know, I don't think that Kentucky is a top 10 team in the nation talent-wise, in my opinion. I think Tennessee is better than Kentucky, but – a team like Arkansas, sure, I could see them surprising people and staying potentially in the back end of that top ten for much of the season. Going to be fun. Going to be really fun. I like Sam Pittman as a coach. I think yeah. that he's building it the right way. I think they're very good in the trenches. Funny how we are not even mentioning who was the Heisman favorite going into last year with Spencer Rattler, uh, and they've fallen off a little bit with South Carolina. These can be – these can be had as as there used to be in terms of times 
uh, not so long ago. It used to come down to the Georgia uh, Tennessee game, and then you know, and then also with not sure who would be able to represent Alabama needed that game, uh, obviously with the third Saturday in October uh, to figure out whether they're going to be on poise to go and win the SEC West or with Tennessee or the SEC East, and that would determine the national championship picture. Exciting times in the SEC. It is just different than what we're used to, and I'm really excited about that for you. Uh, Let's transition to – well, let's stay on the SEC one moment here. That Utah loss or Utah loss or to Florida, I think Florida's going to lose two or three more games, and that's going to come back to get them, I think, at the end of the day even if they were to beat USC. Agreed. And, and uh, you know, if Etienne, Travis Etienne's little brother, I'm not sure of his um, first name, but the, the I believe that he's either a freshman or sophomore running back for Florida. He's going to have to – the so Billy Napier had um, – I believe it's Johnson, forgive me, I'm horrible <laughs> with names, but Billy Napier brought number two on Florida's offense yeah. to Florida from um, a, a Louisiana, I believe it was Lafayette, that one-two combination at Florida, I'm not necessarily saying they're going to be one of the best in the SEC, but the importance of them really standing out, I think, is is there. I think mm-hmm. Florida's defense is is supportive of a team that could finish the year in the top 20. Yeah. Anthony Richardson, the ceiling is incredibly high. He, he, he legitimately, if he turns it on this year, he could be the third-best quarterback um, in the draft this upcoming year. But that running game is what's going to have to support Florida. More than anything, I do think that they're probably going to win four or five games this year. I think that it's going to be, we're to the point right now to where it's going to be disappointing if Tennessee does not beat Florida at home. I will say that right now on the record. If Tennessee does not beat Florida, that is going to be disappointing, especially with how well our offense is. But yeah, Florida could could struggle this year. Um, You know, is is Mississippi State, you know, we Mm. easily can see them. Who would think they would have been favored like they are, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against LSU? Chip Kelly hasn't impressed that much as well um, at, at LSU. But but I think that uh, – Brian, Kelly, just, Brian Kelly. You're not going to see as many dominant SEC teams. You're not going to see five or six SEC teams in the top 15 this year like you usually do. Quick, quick correction on that, Brian Kelly. Uh, Chip Kelly's doing all right at UCLA. Brian Kelly at LSU. Yeah, my bad. If I said Chip, I'm sorry. Yeah, Brian, Brian's not that. I don't know if Brian's going to stay long term. One thing that's not going to work out for him is mediocre quarterback play like he had no. in Notre Dame, which is screwing Notre Dame right now. Yes. Um, but media, and of course, it's his first season. We'll see. But that's one thing that Kelly's going to have to change. He's at a program to where he can attract top tier quarterback talent. He's got to get that done. But Michael, let's also talk about you know just the disappointing starts to the season. Nebraska. You know, saying bye to Scott Frost, yeah. you know, easily paying the fifteen million out. I applaud them for making the move that just needed to happen. It just not, just was not there for Scott Frost. I'm not giving up on Scott Frost. I'm sad that it didn't work out for him in his alma mater. I think there's talent there um, with him. I think that he can get a rebound. But then also Notre Dame. Now I will say this. Yeah, I am a huge believer. And Marcus Freeman. I believe that Marcus Freeman could be one of the best recruiters in the nation. Marcus Freeman, right? Yeah. But my point that I'm getting at is is that I don't think that anybody should be giving up on Notre Dame or anything like that. I just think that a, a, a Brian Kelly program that he left, again, without having a strong quarterback play, 
it's not that surprising. Yes, they should have beat Marshall, but you know, at the end of the day, they played good for what two and a half, three quarters with Ohio State. So I wouldn't give up on Marcus Freeman's too soon. I'm, I don't. I wouldn't either. And you know what? He's got to now. The unfortunate part, unfortunately, he lost his quarterback, his starting quarterback, in Taylor Buckner. And they play Cal Berkeley this weekend, coming in two and zero. Not a very well coached team. There's no Notre Dame coach until Saturday, who's lost their first three games in Notre Dame. So, unfortunately, he would be the first coach to lose their first four games. They're favored by nine this weekend. Pine is underwhelming. It didn't look like he was, like, I'm not sure if he was in the film room at all this week when he came in against Marshall. Um, you got to know how to run a four-minute drill. Got to know how to run a two-minute drill. They they just didn't look prepared, and they're also lacking weapons on the outside. If there is a... If there is a coach that left a cupboard bare, in my opinion, yeah. on the in terms of weapons, because this is what you need to do to win in college football, he has a great line, okay? Yeah. But they have created a spread offense, and their defense has been just fine. Their defense, C.J. Stroud, may, that may be the best game uh, that any defense plays against C.J. Stroud this year. Notre Dame did a fantastic job, in my opinion, uh, against Ohio State last Saturday. They are, and this is because they've had injuries as well. They only have six scholarship wide receivers uh, who are healthy right now, and no one's healthy when you go into week three of college football. The younger guys getting banged up. It it's not looking pretty for them. So they go Cal Berkeley, North Carolina, and then they get into like their little ACC hodgepodge of a schedule. I thought maybe they could give Clemson a game at home if uh, Clemson was going to keep starting DJ. We don't know what's going to go on. This is back. This is in November. I'm thinking Marcus is going to kind of get it going. Uh, they have Stanford in between that time. A bowl game is maybe best for them, and they have yeah. to go to then they have to go to Vegas to play BYU, who looked outstanding against Baylor, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Real season upcoming for the Irish. It is, and, and it's not, again, it's not all that, you know, you wouldn't expect for them to lose to Marshall, but at the end of the day, these type of seasons occur. But one thing, and then I'll, you know, just to finish the college football portion on my end, yes, one other thing that I'll say is this, is that, to me, one team that is emerging as becoming one of the more must-see shows in college football the USC Trojans, Lincoln yeah, Riley, Caleb Williams, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, I believe Mario Williams. Um, it, 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 if, I, if I got the names correct, um, they all looked very, very good. Um, it yes, sir. Stanford. I know Stanford is, you know, not not the measuring stick that they used to be. Uh, but this USC team, I think, is somebody. They're the class of the of the Pac-12, in my opinion. I don't I don't believe in Oregon too much after seeing them against Georgia. Uh, but I do think that USC could could. Uh, I don't necessarily know if they're a playoff team. I don't know if they're going to run the schedule um, this first year with Lincoln Riley. Like they the, like you, they're probably going to have to get to the playoffs. But they're a very fun team at the very least. Super fun. I think it's good for college football. I also think Caleb Williams is probably – I think he may be uh, invited to New York Athletic Club if he keeps up. That's what Lincoln does. He sends a quarterback <laughs> every four years. He'll figure it out, and they are getting an invitation to the New York Athletic Club as Heisman Finals. Who's the most talented quarterback in the nation, Michael? <sighs> and, again, I'm not going by you – know, you know me, I'm not going by the number one pick next year. Who, who, who's yeah. the most talented? Because I don't think he is even, personally. Uh, and I think it's going to be Bryce. This, regardless of year, yeah. I think it's Caleb. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Caleb. Yeah. And you know what? If he could come out this year, 
I think people would pick him ahead of C.J. Stroud and and Bryce. I really think he measures out very well. I think people are, are kind of enamored with Lincoln Riley quarterbacks. Uh, you, you've even talked about, like, you're seeing what Jalen Hurts is doing in terms of his progression. Not saying that yep. Nick Saban's not a good quarterback or, you know, their foundation isn't good for quarterback coaching, but he's even elevated himself, and we'll talk about that in the National Football League. Uh, Kyler, obviously, is getting his guaranteed money. Uh, it It's just a progression of what you can do with the talent and learning pro schemes, getting through uh, their reads pretty, very well. I'm impressed with what I've seen with him, and I think he's actually going to be the best of the bunch. So I think it's Caleb yeah, Williams. I agree. I think that he's the most naturally gifted quarterback in terms of yes. arm and, and speed and uh, leg talent uh, that uh, um, Lincoln Riley has had during this time. And I agree. Um, I personally would take Stroud over Young, but if if you were going to look at it, you know, if if you were asking me, I probably yeah. would go Williams, Stroud, Young right now. So and you know what? It's, and when we get to draft time, and we'll talk about this, it's going to come down to: Do you want to invest? In a project quarterback, of which I think Stroud is a little bit more right now. I think Bryce is a little bit more refined, but Stroud may have those special qualities. And some some way we're going to get past the – I think Justin Fields is going to help get past the, like, all right, Ohio State quarterback myth thing. And Ryan Day is actually, in my opinion, a very good quarterback coach. And Fields is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen uh, uh, in, in all of college football. So, yeah, good times. I think we can close the college football segment in this part. I think yeah. we got a quarterback finally in the University of Michigan in Arbor and JJ yeah. McCarthy. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, let's see. So he's taken over um, the quarterback position, which which is a good thing. Um, Michigan is going to be an interesting case study this year because I do think they have some decent wide receiver talent, but the you know obviously um, losing their two defensive ends and you know some right. defensive talent, um, you know all and others as their tight ends are, are going to be interesting to see. Um, again, Michigan stands out to me as however good McCarthy can be, Michigan stands out to me to be another team, like I mentioned with Arkansas and Georgia, that yeah. emerge is not being a team that beats themselves too often. Um, I, I think that personally, I think Ohio State probably has more talent, especially if Travion Henderson can step up and, and be a Heisman candidate behind C.J. Stroud. But, uh, yeah, Michigan seems to be, I'm not going to call them a complete team, but they, they you know, They've been very convincing in their first opening games. Appreciate the love there. And as I said, you were complimentary of the Wolverines. I was complimentary of Tennessee. Before I lose any of that, that concludes our college football segment and uh, the first part of Chaos and Conversation. See you guys in a second. Yeah. Who's yeah. the most talented right now? Because I don't oh, think going to be much more animated about personally. The- uh, and I think it's going to be Bryce. The sp- Regardless of year, yeah. I think it's Caleb. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Caleb. And yeah. you know what? If he could come out this year, I think people would pick him ahead of C.J. Stroud and and Bryce. I really think he measures out very well. I think people are, are kind of enamored with Lincoln Riley quarterbacks. Uh, you, you've even talked about, like, you're seeing what Jalen Hurts is doing in terms of his progression. Not saying that yeah. Nick Saban's not a good quarterback or, you know, their foundation isn't good for quarterback coaching, but he's even elevated himself, and we'll talk about that in the National Football League. Uh, Kyler, obviously, is getting his guaranteed money. Uh, it It's just a progression of what you can do with the talent and learning pro schemes, getting through uh, their reads pretty very well. I'm impressed with what I've seen with him, and I think he's actually going to be the best of the bunch. So I think it's Caleb yeah. Williams. 
I agree. I think that he's the most naturally gifted quarterback in terms yes. of arm and, and speed and uh, leg talent uh, that uh, um, Lincoln Riley has had during this time. And I agree. Uh, I personally would take Stroud over Young, but if if you were going to look at it, you know, if if you were asking me, I probably and, would go William Stroud Young right now. So, and you know what? It's, and when we get to draft time, and we'll talk about this, it's going to come down to: Do you want to invest in a project quarterback? of which I think Stroud is a little bit more right now. I think Bryce is a little bit more refined, but Stroud may have those special qualities. And some some way we're going to get past the – I think Justin Fields is going to help get past the, like, all right, Ohio State quarterback myth thing. And Ryan Day is actually, in my opinion, a very good quarterback coach. And Fields is one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen uh, uh, in, in all of college football. So, yeah, good times. I think we can close the college football segment in this part. I think yeah. we got a quarterback finally in the University of Michigan in Arbor and JJ yeah. McCarthy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, let's see. So he's taken over um, the quarterback position, which which is a good thing. Um, Michigan is going to be an interesting case study this year because I do think they have some decent wide receiver talent, but the you know obviously um, losing their two defensive ends and you know some right. other defensive talent, um, you know all and others as their tight ends are, are going to be interesting to see. Um, again, Michigan stands out to me as however good McCarthy can be, Michigan stands out to me to be another team, like I mentioned, with Arkansas and Georgia, that yeah. emerge as not being a team that beats themselves too often. Um, I, I think that personally, I think Ohio State probably has more talent, especially if Travion Henderson can step up and, and be a Heisman candidate behind C.J. Stroud. But, uh, yeah, Michigan seems to be, I'm not going to call them a complete team, but they, they you know, They've been very convincing in their first opening games. Appreciate the love there. And as I said, you were complimentary of the Wolverines. I was complimentary of Tennessee. Before I lose any of that, that concludes our college football segment and uh, the first part of Chaos and Conversation. See you guys in a second. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be much more animated about the 